Well, welcome back to American American Political Paradise Podcast, JJ Crow. How you doing? Thanks for having me back again. I'm very happy to to talk to you again about something I'm very passionate about. So thank you. Uh, glad to have you back on. And so for my listeners, you just p- recently published or uh, released a book about uh, about immigration card invaded the intentional destruction of the American immigration system. So why did you decide to write a book about immigration and why did you name your book what it is named? I decided to write a book because when I retired two years ago, I removed myself completely from anything immigration. I needed I needed a break, actually, and I needed to – I felt in my heart that I had done enough and I wanted out. Like I didn't want to fight that fight anymore. I just wanted to be with my family, and um, and that's just not how God built me. And other people began to reach out to me for interviews concerning – what's happening in America under the immigration system. And I kind of got pulled back in. I got refreshed and I decided, um, okay, if I'm going to do this, I usually, I never do things uh, half measured. I just go for broke. Right. So I was like, okay, if I'm going to do this and I'm going to do podcasts, I'm going to be interviewed. I'm going to write a book. Um, And I sat down and I wrote out, uh, outlined my chapters and I said, okay, what is it? that is happening that you truly believe. And we need to put that on, on the, on your cover. And I said to myself, we are being invaded. There's no other way around it. And it is done intentional. So that's how the genesis of how I decided to write the book and then where my uh, inspiration, if you will, uh, of what the title should be. And I, and the book does follow my title. I truly believe it is, uh, the federal government has an intentionality about it in the way they're trying to destroy the American immigration system. And I believe they're doing it to fundamentally transform America. You're seeing that in the European nations right now, uh, and it is happening in America as well. And I am more than willing the next 50 minutes to outline exactly why I believe that. And i like you, uh, Noah, and your audience to know everything I say is fact-based. It's based off of my experience in the Border Patrol for 24 years and it's ex- in my uh, ex- extensive research as well as uh, my contacts in co- with former colleagues and news sources throughout DHS. This is not my feelings or what I think mm-hmm. it's going to happen. This is what is happening on the border. And I'm giving you, a, I'm, I'm shooting you straight and telling you honestly exactly what's happening. Yeah, I was about to ask you what kind of credibility you have as an author for this book. And you kind of already answered that. So what kind of research or interviews were needed for your book relating to immigration and like the border and everything? Well, I could see from from an out, because now, quote, I'm an outsider, right? So I'm outside of the daily workings of the memos and policies. But as somebody that was a high level senior leader in the Border Patrol, so my my experience gives me a very unique perspective because I spent about a decade, decade and a half of my 24 year career being on the front lines, being a journeyman agent and a, and a first line supervisor. And then I moved up in the ranks into senior leadership. So mm-hmm. I have that that very good perspective of what's happening. So when you asked me, what did I do? I just fell back on my, my, my experience. And then I reached out for clarification to former colleagues and sources throughout DHS. Well, for example, um, this new, Immigration parole. Immigration parole is 
nothing like state and local parole where I parole a, a inmate out of prison and say, okay, if you don't do drugs, commit another crime, then you're free. But the moment that you do drugs or you commit any other crime, I'm bringing you back into prison. Hmm. You're going to finish that term. And then what else you do in immigration parole, immigration parole is rarely, rarely used like rarely. So what I would do in my job, if I had someone that I arrested and needed to be a material witness for a crime from Guatemala, Mexico, wherever, I would parole that individual in for just a couple of days, allow that individual to testify in court. And then I would make sure that individual made it back into their home country. And that is rarely done, almost like it's minuscule. Huh. Now they're using immigration parole as they broadened it, they bastardized it. And now everyone is used in a parole system. So that's one way that I was like, hey, Kate, I don't understand how they're doing this. And this is the, the trick to DHS is they manipulate policies inside of DHS that the normal American, it sounds good, but they don't have an understanding. And a guy that's been in 24 years, I actually had to reach down to my resources and say, okay, this doesn't make sense. What the hell are you guys doing mm -hmm. with immigration parole? And they're like, JJ, this is what we're doing. I'm like, okay, this makes sense now what you're trying to do. But if I don't understand, and I have 24 years in and been in the business, yeah. and I have to reach down, what is the average citizen has no idea how they're doing this? So according to uh, your Amazon's uh, description in your book, quote, on January 20th, 21, everything changed. Why is President Biden's inauguration day, as your book, dis book description says, so significant in regards to our current immigration system and how has it changed since Biden took office? Okay, great question. Joe Biden destroyed everything that President Trump did. And let me give you an example of just two days, what, what it looks like before Trump was, when Trump was president and then Biden. President Trump instituted multiple policies, enforced the law. In a 24-hour period, I'm talking about the northern border, southern border, both coasts, mm -hmm. we were arresting between 150 and 450 people a day. That's nothing. That, that's over almost probably 12,000 border miles. So we're arresting somebody every 50 miles, every eight hours, right? It's, it's insignificant numbers. And we were losing about 100 to 200 people a day, which was inexcusable. But that's what we were doing. The border was almost closed. The day Joe Biden took office, those daily 24-hour reports showed over 5,000 arrests and over three to 4,000 getaways overnight because Joe Biden stripped away all enforcement, actually told people, come on in, we're going we're gonna to mm -hmm. let you come in. Let, let me give you... Let me give you um, just a snapshot of how egregious what is happening today. And I just had this conversation with a colleague of mine. In 24 years, Noah, do you know how many people that I arrested directly or indirectly as a supervisor and then let walk out the door? Just, I didn't, I didn't deport them. I didn't set them up for prosecution or, or send them on a voluntary return back to their home country. Do you know how many people Mm -mm. That me and my colleagues, zero in 24 uh -huh. years, zero. Do you know how many people have been released since Joe Biden has taken office in 30 months? I Almost was, 7 million. I was going to say 5 million, maybe, but I wasn't sure. 
Almost 7 million. He has arrested and encountered over 7 million people in 30 months, and almost every single one of them have been released. And we're not talking about the millions that absconded in the open borders. But what I'm telling you is when you say, well, what did he do to change everything? Mm -hmm. In 24 years, I released zero people. In 30 months, he's released almost 7 million people. And it, you can't do it. The, 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 our Constitution specifically, explicitly says that the, the immigration determination of the number and type of immigrant, legal immigrant, is determined by Congress, the House. It is not determined by the executive branch. Mm-hmm. And it has been fought in Supreme Court cases multiple times, and everybody agrees it lies in the Congress. But our Congress is complicit and grossly incompetent. And they've abdicated all of their authority and power to the executive branch. And he's just run wild with it. How would you say uh, President Biden, is, like his immigration policies were different from like uh, someone like President Barack Obama's immigration policies? I know we might discuss this before last time we talked, but yeah. it might have changed since last time we talked with okay. 42 and Evan Garner. Well, Noah, everything that you are seeing today The genesis started with President Obama. And you have to understand, the secretary, the DHS secretary, Alejandro Mayorkas, Mm -hmm. was President Obama's director of USCIS, the United States Citizenship and Immigration System, which is an incredible, powerful policymaker within DHS. Then he became uh, the second in charge, and now he's the secretary. So when you look back on Obama, Obama during his time, created DACA, Mm -hmm. and he created prosecutorial discretion. So what he raised the the bar for the U.S. attorneys to not deport anyone. So when I was in in Southern California, but in Northern Interior Station, every single individual that was arrested in the interior was automatically released or not allowed to be arrested because President uh, Obama did not allow anyone to be arrested that was interior apprehensions. It was a dark day in the border patrol. So you go, now you go to the future on Biden. He took all those policies and then exploded them. He just increased it tenfold. So what you're seeing now is a complete and utter, and I use their own words. I don't make these phrases up. Mm -hmm. President Obama wanted to fundamentally transform America. Okay. And they've carried Mm -hmm. that along all the way to Biden. So Biden is now using the destruction of the immigration system and flooding our country to fundamentally transform America. Now, let me be clear. This isn't about legal immigration. This is about illegal immigration. Mm-hmm. This isn't about race or ethnicity no. because, Noah, there, there's 195 nations on planet Earth. We have arrested over 175 nationals from 175 countries. This is, this is a demographic shift between citizens and non-citizens. And I can go further into data to, it's shocking to, to and I have this in my book, uh, Center for Immigration Studies, CIS.org, did a, did a white paper on the demographic change in America. And they found extensive, extensive research found in 2016 to 2021, 77% of the total American United States of America population growth mm-hmm. was due to illegal immigrants 
foreigners and their children, 77%. So if you just go out a generation, I'm telling you, there's nothing that says this is stopping. In fact, it's accelerating. The numbers are accelerating now that you're looking within one generation to have equal to or more non-citizens than citizens in America. And that's just a mathematical equation. That is not what I feel or is theoretical. Mm -hmm. This yeah. is just adding two plus two. So what, you, t you mentioned like the interior of like California. I think you, when you worked in California for a border patrol, as a border patrol agent, what do you mean? What do you define as the interior like of the United States you referring to? Right? Yes. Any, anything, anything north of the immediate border area. So let's say that I was working in San Diego during Obama's years, and I came across a gentleman, and he was from Honduras, but he was a prior deport, meaning I've already deported. He's already been found to be legally in the mm -hmm. country, and he snuck back in. Well, under, under Obama's prosecutorial discretion, I would have to not arrest him and just allow him okay. to stay in America. That's how absurd... This whole dance is this. This is a, a circus. This is a smoke and mirrors game. But it's not funny when you see the demographic shift and crime skyrocketing. Cities like New York, Chicago, D.C. claim states of emergency because their social services have been destroyed. This is, to me, I think this is the greatest threat facing our republic. It's not China. It's not Russia. Not our our abysmal economy. It is the influx of foreign nationals that are illegal in our country. Mm -hmm. For sure. Agree with you there. Uh, how has President Biden dismantled and or destroyed America's immigration system through exploring the, exploiting the department DHS immigration policies or laws that they, sh that DHS should have been enforcing in first place, but they're not. Okay, so everyone that gets everyone that should get arrested should be put through the DHS database. If they're illegal, right? We determine that the gentleman from Sudan is illegal. Then he is set up for deportation and returned to the Sudan. We're not doing that now. We're saying, "What do you want? I want asylum." Okay, and when you do asylum, you have to wait in your country of origin. You don't wait in the United States of America. He has removed, Biden has removed that and now allows people to come and wait for asylum in America. This is just one example. Now, let me explain to you the minutia, what actually looks like when somebody says, I, you know, whatever, I want asylum. So I bring in that, that man from Sudan. Mm -hmm. I don't, I give him, I'm supposed to give him a notice to appear. It's called an NTA. And on that NTA, it states exactly where he has to go and the time and date where he sees the immigration judge. But because the system is so overwhelmed and so broken, we don't give them an NTA. We tell him, where are you going to reside? I'm going to reside in, in Nashville. And they give me some address. I have no idea if, if that address is good. I let him walk out the door and ICE mails an NTA to this gentleman. It gets even worse. That guy's never going to that residence. When I let that guy in, I parole him and I give him 60 days, 60 days to go in front of an immigration judge at that fictitious address in Nashville. He won't show up, Noah, 
because he will never get that paperwork. He'll never go to Nashville. So he becomes out of status. And in, in our terms, he becomes an illegal alien. Okay. Oh, so okay. you have you have brought in millions of people into our nation that will never see the immigration judge and they will instantly turn into illegal aliens. Now, let me give you an example. And I, I'm not blaming these people, right? I'm not blaming the guy from Sudan. Mm -hmm. He sees a he sees a patsy sucker nation like America, and he's going to take advantage of it. Do you know in the, in the great city of New York City, the huge city, their immigration court, do you know that the docket is full until 2032? What? So if I go to New York City, yes, 2032, where that gentleman goes in Nashville, he might not see a judge until 2028, 2030. And here's the dirty secret. Here's the dirty secret. Even the Democrats, the Democratic politicians in state government and even in the federal government are saying out loud. The dirty secret is, Noah, when I allow these millions of people into our country, I do not give them one very, very important document. And that document is a, a work authorization document. Why would I not give a man or a woman the ability to work in America? And they're going to be here for years. Why would I do that? If you connect the dots, you understand that because he'll never see an immigration judge, he will immediately become an illegal alien. He has no way to work legally. So what I've done is I have created a subclass of employees in America that are slaves, that can never work for the, the proper wage. They have no recourse if an employer doesn't pay them, works them. 60 hours a week and doesn't give him overtime, gets hurt on the job. He'll never get workers comp. Do you see the immorality that this government is doing? You just brought mm -hmm. in millions of people and now they have to work as slaves for Americans. Is that yeah, that's not right? No, it's not how no. we envision so it. When I, when I found in father's envision, I would like to believe there's, I mean, you look for statue of liberty, that's for Liberty, pursuit of happiness, and uh, I think of everyone, but uh, yeah, so I, would, yeah. I just can't believe that that's happening like that. And I knew, like, I, I would, you'd think that we'd be able to give visa permit, or, like work permits, but I guess from the way you're saying, like, people are not being given because of the of the backlog of court dates for immigrants, right? Right. Who's going to... Who's going to give it to us? So I talked to my ICE partners and I asked them, okay, the Border Patrol is not given a work authorization. They don't have that capacity. So are you, ICE supervisor, are you giving them? And they're like, no, JJ, we just, we just release them. And I said, well, who the hell is going to give them? He goes, well, USCIS might give it to them. And I said, you, USCIS only has 19,000 employees, but that's all over the all the countries in, America, in the world. So oh, they'll right. never get it. And they go, and they're like, yes, I know. They're never going to get it. They're never. And now Democrat governors, mayors, city councilmen are saying the exact same thing I'm saying here now, Noah. They're like, you have all these people in my city of Mass my state of Massachusetts, mm -hmm. 20,000, but none of them can work because you didn't give them any work authorization. So now they're, they're stuck in my my shelters, I'm having to feed them and clothe them. I can't do that. So you see the absurdity of this, even though yeah. those, those New York City, Chicago, New York, uh, the state of New York, Massachusetts, they're far left, crazy liberal cities that are sanctuary cities. 
but they are now bankrupt. New York City has 100,000 mm -hmm. illegal aliens, okay? Yeah. 100,000, but that sounds like a lot, right? Mm -hmm. But not when you're talking about millions, you just have a fraction. And New York City's mayor, Mayor Adams, who's a proud sanctuary mayor, claimed this week, we don't have any more capacity. And I'm quoting, from this point forward, it is downhill. And I'm like, whoa, that's a big statement from you, Mr. Uh, mayor. And he even furthers and says, Joe Biden has to close the border. So it's not J.J. Carroll, the conservative Republican, saying, hey, you got to close this border. you got uh, far left people are saying this is can't work so but then you ask yourself noah if everyone's complaining now why are you not closing the border probably try and believe the borders oh there's closed they like to believe that but they we know it's not true mm -hmm. right right you have mayorkas under oath the last two times he have been in congress got in front of congress and lied and said yes the border's secure and even uh, Chip Roy and, and some really hard, great politicians said, what? You're averaging 256,000 arrests every month. How mm -hmm. is that closed? Yeah. We're not even talking about to the other 250 to 300,000 that absconded. I mean, we're averaging five to 600,000 people a month. If you just look at DHS numbers, just theirs, let's not even, let's say I'm completely wrong, Noah. I'm completely wrong about the getaways. They're still claiming to have rest and had encounters of over 256,000 a month, and they're claiming between 50 and 75,000 getaways. So even by their numbers, they're saying that we're about 350,000 total illegal immigrants are being arrested or absconded. That's not my numbers. I'm telling you that number of 350,000 that they're claiming is wrong. I think it's double. But let's just go off of their numbers. Let's just mm -hmm. do whatever they say. Yeah, that's not. That's still egregious. You, three hundred fifty thousand people a month. Are you insane? Uh, so it reminds me of like how President Biden appointed Vice President Harris to control, like to be border star. But yeah, I don't think any. I mean, as far as I know, she's not done anything about it. As like no, uh, right. I mean, that's why I've heard. Yeah, I think. Kamala Harris. Kamala Harris is is grossly incompetent. Um, if you, if we, I mean, if we're going to have a real discussion about about her, she was uh, the San Francisco mayor. What was his name? Do you remember his name? I can't uh, believe I just forgot. I'm not sure. So he was he was about 68, 70 years old, and she got her start in politics by being his mistress when she was uh, in her twenties. And, yeah. and I understand Willie Brown, Willie Brown, oh, okay. Mayor, uh, yeah, Mayor Brown of San Francisco, and I can understand her attraction because there's a lot of 70 year old men that 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 20 year olds just can't get enough of, right? So mm -hmm. she had a sexual relationship with him, and then she moved up. I mean, you look at her talk; she's grossly incompetent, inarticulate, and way over her skis. But who else are we gonna? I mean, are we gonna have is is the demented old fool? Biden, I have I have no sympathy for him. He is a traitor to our nation. He's he has received right now the latest uh, data that just came out that he and his family received twenty million dollars from Russians, Ukrainians, and some other uh, 
card, Kadazistan or something, mm. some other crazy nation. Yeah. $20 million in counting with over 15 LLCs. So we are living in a very unique time, Noah, where corruption rules and we're seeing it on the border. And I will say this about the Democrats and, and the complicit Republicans. Congratulations, because you are winning. You're winning this battle. I will, I will tip my hat to you because you, you have more courage and more uh, fortitude than the patriotic citizens of America because we're allowing you to continue to abuse us. Hmm. I was going to ask you about, uh, in the book description on Amazon, it says some that have a morale of Border Patrol is very low or is not just assist. So I was going to ha ask you about how is it or the soft comments within Border Patrol and DHS? And what do you believe contributes to their morale levers, if anything? Okay. The morale in the United States Border Patrol does not exist. It's, it's over. It's over. Mm -hmm. when, when President Trump was in, it was, we'd have great pride in the United States Border Patrol, where we have always been underfunded and understaffed, but we just did our job and we did it very well and we're very successful. Yeah. We were, had great pride under President Trump. We had a president that had our back. We had uh, the head of DHS to our Border Patrol chief to all the station leaders like myself. We were totally aligned. Organizational alignment was very tight. And that's very important if you're in Google, Facebook, IBM, it doesn't matter. You have to have organizational alignment. And we had it. We have no organizational alignment now. Border Patrol agents are not even out in the field. They are simply processing illegal aliens every day, all day, and then releasing them. My guys tell me it's like I am a smuggler. I am now, instead of deporting this guy that I deported, I would deport it three years ago. Now I'm driving him into town and letting him just walk away. Right. So Border Patrol agents are disgusted. They can't hire enough guys. Nobody's going to join this organization. And everyone that is retirement eligible is just waiting to pull the plug. You're seeing this across America in the police forces, in FBI, everywhere. Same thing is happening in DHS and the Border Patrol. ICE agents, the same way. They're utterly disgusted. They can't believe that their career is doing this. And I hear this every time I talk to them. It's almost as if it's recording. They say to me, I have never seen this or experienced this in my 20 plus years. I don't know what's going on. Huh. Because they're just, it's it's horrible what's happening. And mm -hmm. I don't see, Noah, there's nothing showing that this is going to stop. Meaning all of my guys in, inside the business are telling me there's not one law enforcement strategy being implemented. Meaning they're not, they're, they've reduced They've reduced the number of qualified range qualifying where so now they're just going maybe once once every other quarter instead of going every quarter. I have to go fire, do my firearm, defensive tactics, any kind of training that's gone. Law enforcement active like ATVs or uh, the, the coastal border enforcement teams, they're gone. They're all they're doing is processing. They're not even out in the field. Wow. I mean, that's just, that's unfortunate morale is like that, but it, in the ways you describe it, it's, a lot of us contribute from the way, it, from the, way the, you know, all the immigration, illegal immigration mm -hmm. is happening right now, so. Yeah. So do you, do you think the, uh, 
like recalling about the what the incident on board that the news and even President Biden like called the whipping incident where border patrol agents were seen uh they were seen like in photos whipping or they thought they were whipping like immigrants. Do you think that I could have caused people to be like, hey, I don't want to do this anymore because we're being attacked? Yes. Well, those those men that that were put on administrative, that's almost about over a year, they're on administrative duty, okay? Meaning we call it being okay. on the, the rubber gun squad on desk. What was their crime? Their crime was holding the reins to their horses yeah. as people ran under their horses. They weren't whipping them. And they did a long no. investigation. Anyone with half a brain would go, it's not whipping. That's the range to the horses, you morons. Yeah. Here's the here's the beauty of it. They go through internal affairs, which we call Office of Inspector General, the OIG. They find no wrongdoing. And they still tried to punish them. Biden and Harris still refer to that as a whipping event. It's already yeah. been proven through our own government internal affairs that no, of course that wasn't whipping. So now you took, how about this, Noah? You have four or five agents on the horse patrol. Their lives are turned upside down. They think they might lose their job. They're called racist and, and they're abusers of their, of their authority. Where's their recourse? Is anybody gonna to apologize to those men? Probably not. Is the I president mean no. no, but why does no. the president say, hey, you know what? I made a mistake. I'm sorry. I, 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 I rushed a judgment. I mean, Joe Biden doesn't know it's 2023 or it's year 3000, for God's sake. But mm -hmm. somebody should tell that old demented man, here, here's your cue card. Get in front of the media and, and apologize to these men for, for lying sure. about them. Yeah. yeah. And I agree. I, if some of the, like I know the DHS secretary, like maybe like six to twelve months later, he like said, you know, that didn't happen. Like there's no weapon involved in that. Like, or he said he kind of apologized. Yeah. He kind of said there's no weapon involved. So he at least you know said something about it. But of course, Biden and Harris, I don't think we're going to say, say anything about it ever. So, no. In fact, when they do talk about it, they talk about it as if it was a whipping event. Still to this day. So they're liars. I mean, I don't expect anything different from them, um, but it takes people like myself and, and people that are outside of the agency that have the ability to speak to point out and say, yeah, you're a liar. You disgust me and you owe those men an apology, but you won't do it because they're gutless and they're cowards. Yeah. So what are the key, le key lessons and ideas you would like people who, have who read your book to understand regarding our current immigration system or even politics that, of course, assist within it. Right. In, in my book, I, I'm not, as a supervisor, I take this, when I was a supervisor and a senior leader in the Border Patrol, um, I took the same mindset as I took in this book. I wanted all, everyone to, my door was open. I want, I don't want you to hide the problems. But when you come into my office with a problem, I want you to have a solution because Nine times out of 10, the best solutions were from the guys on the ground, okay? Mm -hmm. They did it. So in my book, I go through all the litany of ills and sins that are happening in America right now under immigration. But my last chapter is, is titled Solutions. And I give 11 solutions that need to be taken, need to be implemented immediately, not like triggers, like, 
you know, one through five have to happen to get to no. seven. No, they happen immediately. So what I want the people that read the book to understand is under President Trump, you don't have to like him. I don't even care what you think of him. I'm telling you, he was the greatest border president in the history of America. And what he did is he he was within, he only, he only built less than a third of the wall. So mm -hmm. if when he was, he needed about another nine months to complete the wall, get the, get the Southern nations healed and do what he wants. We were within nine months of having a completely secured nation. Noah, if he was still president, I would be on your podcast and we'd be talking about my book called The Secured Nation, how President oh, yeah. Trump secured our nation. It's like I live in a, in a different alternative universe now that I'm talking about mm -hmm. 7 million people. 7 yeah. million people, are you insane? So yeah, I believe the number, yeah, it's crazy. Think about what 7 million, I mean, that that's like, that's more people that fill the stadiums on Saturday throughout our nation during football season, college football season. Wow. It's about seven to 10 million people fill the stadiums across America. And then think of all those stations just pouring out into the community, but every one of them is an illegal alien. True. That's insane. Yeah. That's insane. And then, and then when you're done that weekend, there will be, we'll fill up five or six of Rose Bowls next weekend with new illegal aliens. That's how insane this whole, this whole thing is. And it's, and I don't think that I'm, I'm off at all. If you look at my book and in my book, I say this repeatedly, I am using the most conservative numbers that I can possibly get. I'm using, mm -hmm. I'm even using numbers from HSH, HHS, DHS, CBP. I use their own numbers because and I don't believe in their numbers. I'll just say that openly. But I use their numbers because okay. their numbers are so damning that I don't have to go. It's actually this. I can just say, let's look at their numbers. Are you okay with what they're saying? Are you okay oh, with yeah. 350,000 people coming into America? I mean, Noah, we haven't even talked about all the child rapes and, and, and sexploitation. We haven't even talked about all the women in prostitution in America now, in sex slaves. We're not even talking about how HHS lost over 100,000 children already. We're not even talked about the number, the record number of terrorists that we arrested this, this year. Mm -hmm. And we have three more Hello. months left of the fiscal year. So it's, it's a big deal. It's a big deal what's happening to our country right now. And then, uh, like, uh, I guess the next question would be, uh, what kind of audience is what you said your book is intended for? Did you write it for maybe? I wrote it just for America. Uh, I know a lot. I know that the majority of the podcasts I go on and, and the majority of people that invite me on their podcasts or uh, interview me on cable news is a conservative base, right? Mm -hmm. But I also go on a lot of liberal podcasts and I have open discussions. I want the, the country to understand also this isn't a Republican versus a no. Democrat. The Republic, Republican and Democrats are in bed together on this. Absolutely in bed. They're, they're a uniparty. So I just wanted the ability to articulate exactly what's happening. And this is, and I make the distinction in the book as well. This is not about legal immigration. 
I love legal immigration. I think some of the greatest citizens in our nation are naturalized citizens because they have a, a deeper appreciation of the greatness of America. What I'm talking about is illegal immigration and how it's destroying our country. So I understood when I'm writing it from my perspective that I would get to conservative people and more so. But I have friends and colleagues and people mm -hmm. that and, and people like strangers that send me texts or, or write reviews on Amazon saying, hey, I'm on the other side of the aisle oh, that JJ cool. is. But my God, it, it you can't ignore what he's saying. He's no. he laid it out. And they they fact check me, right? And I love that. I love I want everyone to fact check me because when you do, you'll realize that guy's telling the truth. Now, if you find eight out of 10 things I'm telling you the truth and the other two that you have to go off of what I say is from experience, I think you need to give me the benefit of the doubt. If you can verify eight, but two, you're like, I can't find that data, but that guy hasn't lied to me one bit. Then you have to, then a, a, na a rational person would say, yeah, you know what? Unfortunately, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to side with that guy because he's, he's factually honest on everything we're talking about. So I'm seeing that I'm open to anybody that sees this podcast and says, well, I would like to have him on, but I'm a, a progressive. I would love mm -hmm. to come on your show. And I, I'm going on one tomorrow. And, and actually the same thing, Noah sent me an email. Hey, I'm, I'm on the left. I just want you to know, oh, that's cool. would, would you still, would you still want to come on? I'm like, yeah, this is about <laughs> America. It's not about your politics. This is about America oh. and how America is being abused. So uh, what, what do you think people in the U.S. should do if they are angry, frustrated, or even annoyed with how our current immigration system is and how it's being mishandled or whatever you like to like, phrase it with regarding right. our, our immigration system? I, I think you have to make your voice heard. How, how do you do that? That's up to you. Write a book, write an editorial in a newspaper, call your congressman, go to your city council. Let me give you an example of, of how it's powerful. So okay. Chicago, the city of Chicago, diverted $51 million from their coffers to 10,000 illegal aliens to house them. True. They had a city council meeting and the residents went nuts and they should have gone nuts. And they're all African-American. And the city of Chicago is a war zone. Their schools suck. Everything about that city is crumbling, the infrastructure. And they're raising their voice and saying, you can't do this. We have homeless brothers and sisters out there and you're, you're ignoring them and you're going to give foreign nationals $51 million and they're making yeah. a stink. Now, will that change? I don't know. But if enough of us, enough of us Americans say, hold on, I'll give you another example. New York City just closed down. Now, New York City doesn't have a lot of parks, right? There's not a lot of space. space oh, I did hear about this recently. I did hear about yeah. this. Yeah, so McCarran Park, it's a two soccer fields. They closed it down because they're going to house 2,000 illegal aliens in there. So now kids can't play soccer. So kids can't play soccer because you don't have the border closed. So my quality of life goes away, and you're going to allow 2,000 people. Now let me explain something to you. What do you think 2,000 military-age men who are bored – hungry, tired, don't respect us. How do you think that's going to play out in that neighborhood, Noah? 
Do you think if they're all going to get along and do s'mores at night in the summer and kind of build no. bonfires and hang out? No. no. You're going to see rapes. And mark my word, Noah, have me back on in six months. You're going to have rapes that you never believe the number of rapes you're going to have. You have murders, homicides. You're going to have rampant prostitution, rampant prostitution, because you have 2,000 men, single-age adult males living in a, in a confined space. So all the prostitution is going to come in. You're going to have fights. You're going to have those people are going to harass those individuals in New York, just like the Chicago, the Chicago shelter is now harassing and, and fighting with the residents and neighborhood in Chicago. We're about to see this all explode very, very shortly. Mark my words on this, Noah. I will. Uh, all right. So how do you think that has illegal immigration spiked or gone down since Title 42 was lifted in May of this year, do you believe? What do you believe about okay. that? I think that this is a great question because this is a this is part of the spin, right? So they claim they being DHS, our numbers have gone down from Title Forty Two. No, they haven't. They've stayed the same, and now we're seeing a giant spike. Let me explain. So when you go on the CBP.gov website, fact check me on this. They show, and you have to listen to how they frame their arrests. Okay. They, okay. When they talk about the when they talk about the southern border, are you on the web page now? So if if you look at their, they call it Southwest border apprehensions and encounters. Southwest okay. border only. Okay, they're only talking about the border patrol between the ports of entry and the ports of entry where OFO. That's where you're using CVP one app, and they're allowing between forty three and fifty thousand, fifty thousand. People cross through the ports of entry and walk into America every month, every month. So they show those numbers. And but when you look at that, let's let's take June, for example, the month of June, every month for the last 15 months has shown over 200,000 arrests in the month of June. It was one hundred and forty five thousand. So what happened to almost 60,000 arrests? Well, they don't tell you that when you look at right below Southwest border apps on the webpage, and you see a link called national border encounters, the number jumps to over 211,000 in the month of June. Why is that? Well, because they're not counting the, the Northern border apprehensions, which have quadrupled in the last nine months, mm -hmm. nor are they counting. And this is where they hid the numbers. And this is where you have to, it's hard to believe they did this. The last several months, for far back as you can go, inadmissible illegal aliens are showing up at international airports across our nation, about 15,000 a month. In the month of June, there was over 55,000 showed up there. So let me explain right. to you how this works. When you go, if you fly into America from anywhere, across the world. You have to have a ticket, obviously. You have to have a passport and a visa. If you do not have a passport or visa, you can't board that plane because the country will not allow you in. So our government had to give a wink and a nod to the, to the, the international airlines and said, just let them board. Let these illegal aliens board the plane and come to America. So they, they hid the numbers 
And it's, you can see it in the national data, not the Southwest border apps, but in the national data that we're averaging 8,533 illegal aliens every single day, Ooh. every day. And that number now is skyrocketing. I say by September, you're going to see an average of nine to 10,000 a day. Which is in like a couple not, of weeks, not very long from now. No, September, no, we're saying. already seeing it. it. It's so bad that the Biden administration is freaking out a little bit. Like, because where are they going to hide them? You hit them in the ports of entry, the CVP one app. Now you're hiding them in international airports. Oh. And, and, and let me ask you something, Noah. I don't know how old you are, but do you, do you remember 9-11 at all? Do, does anybody remember 9-11? I mean, I don't. Take... I was very young. I was very young when that right. happened. But but you know the significance of it, right? Yes. And you know that there they were foreign nationals on airplanes that took down our twin Correct. towers and the Pentagon. So you're telling me that you're going to bring fifty thousand illegal aliens on airplanes across the sea into America, and you don't think anything no, bad's going to happen? Right. Right. But can, can, I mean, can we connect here, the dots? So. What's the probability of something bad happening? It's exponentially gets greater that something bad will happen when you continue to do nefarious things and you're mm -hmm. malicious in your actions as the federal government. And that's what we're seeing today. We're seeing the malicious intentional destruction of the immigration system. There's no way around it. And you and I have had this conversation before, Noah. And I want to say it again, my question, if everything that I'm saying is factually data proved, which it is, then mm -hmm. explain to me, if you think I'm wrong, explain to me why 7 million people have pulled into our country and, and explain to me why the federal government thinks it's the right thing to do. If I'm wrong, I'm saying it's an intentional destruction of the American immigration system to fundamentally transform America. If you think I'm a right wing, right wing conspiracy theorist and a nut job, fine. But then you need to come back and tell me, what is your reasoning? What's your mm -hmm. rational explanation why this is happening? Not your feelings, not about diversity. I want to know why. No. Illegal immigration. Nobody can give me the answer why, Noah, because there is no other explanation why this is happening. Mm -hmm. So uh, last one last two questions. Uh, where could uh, people or my listeners or anybody on the internet who was interested in buying a book, what can they buy it or where being sold? I have a, a ebook, a audio book, and a course of paperback. You can find it at amazon.com or you can go to jjcarroll.com and I have a link right there to buy the book. It sends you right to Amazon and uh, you can get it there. So I appreciate if you could, if you think this is interesting, this is exactly how I talk is how I write, and that's exactly lays it out in the book. And it talks about my career in the Border Patrol and stories about what it's like to be a Border Patrol agent interwoven into the stories of how we got to where we are today. So I appreciate you, you coming on this podcast again, and it was a great conversation and I that need to be need to have. And thank you for coming on, JJ Carell. Oh, I appreciate it. I really appreciate the time. And if you're going to ever want me back on, please don't hesitate to ask. Okay. Really enjoy talking okay. to you. Enjoy talking to you too. Bye. All right, man. Bye.